John, today I'm thinking about uh, difficult conversations. I know that I engaged in one myself in the last week, and I'm not sure I handled it perfectly. And I know I'm always trying to learn techniques as to how to engage others and convey messages clearly. I don't know if you've had any tricky conversations as of late. Well, I'll tell you, it's probably, uh, it's probably navigating difficult conversations. Something's been around a long time, but I don't know, Julie, it seems like it's on the increase. We can blame media, social media, politics, whatever. But as you know, there's certain topics that I told my entire team, we're just not going to present on anymore because it put us in a conflictual situation, which is why I thought our conversation with Barbara Kay on how to navigate conversations that might trigger clients was really good. I mean, I know Barbara is a clinical psychologist and sometimes in our industry, we need to step outside the financial services part of it and kind of hear from someone who's observing what we're doing to really get some valuable insight. You're so right. I've always said that I wish I had studied psychology, but here's uh, let's dive into our conversation today with Barbara Kay and see what, what ideas and, and themes she has to share with us. Hi, I'm John. And I'm Julie. We're the hosts of the Hartford Fund's Human-Centric Investing Podcast. Every other week, we're talking with inspiring thought leaders to hear their best ideas for how you can transform your relationships with your clients. Let's go. Today, we're joined by Barbara Kay, founder of Barbara Kay Coaching. Barbara's been in the business psychology coaching industry since 1998. She works with professionals and financial services organizations nationwide, including wires, independents, RIAs, and their wholesale partners. In addition to coaching, she speaks at conferences and provides custom skill building on areas such as coaching skills, leadership, teams, communication, brand and sales psychology, change, client relationships, women, and behavioral finance. Barbara obtained dual degrees and licenses in clinical psychology and postgraduate training in three coaching specialties. She's a member of the APA, the American Psychological Association, and the FPA, the Financial Planning Association. She writes a quarterly leadership column in the Journal of Financial Planning and is author of two books, The Top Performer's Guide to Change and The $14 Trillion Woman, Your Essential Guide to the Female Client. Barbara, we're so excited to have you here with us today. And John and I are really looking forward to diving into what I think is a timely and very important topic. And it's the topic of navigating hard conversations. Obviously, our world has changed so much over the last couple of years and continues to evolve in uncharted ways each and every day. And so I know we've all been on this journey together. Uh, there's been a lot of disruption, a lot of aggravation, and uh, you know tensions are high in many ways. And oftentimes in our industry, we're having conversations with peers, colleagues, and especially clients that may not share the same exact beliefs or background that we do. And we're excited to hear some ideas and tips from you on how to engage in these difficult conversations. So again, welcome, and uh, let's dive into our topic at hand. Well, Barbara, I think one one area that I find really interesting when thinking about individuals that maybe are stressed or are emotionally charged, um, again, especially whether it's uh, with topics happening in the world or the markets or anything in between, is 
preparing oneself for the conversation uh, versus the idea of preparing for what we think that person might say. As you and I and John have chatted over the past few weeks, that was an area that you brought up that I really was eye-opening to me because I think oftentimes I'm thinking about the other person and how can I prepare for what they might be thinking and saying. I haven't often thought about preparing myself for a challenging conversation. So could we start there? I think it would be really informative for those of us, uh, for those listening to us today. Great. Thank you. Uh, you know, I, I think of what we've been through, a two-year experience of constant disruption. Um, we're beginning to come out of COVID, and yet we have a lot of disruption in the markets. We have a lot of disruption in the world. So here we are, two years in, still having a lot of disruption. So everybody is uh, a bit agitated and easily, easily triggered. So uh, I think the first thing when we're approaching our clients, whether they be clients with different viewpoints or clients that might be upset and agitated, is to center ourselves because, frankly, emotional contagion is a real thing. And if the client comes at us agitated or upset, that triggers our, the emotional center of our brain. And we tend to respond back just automatically being agitated and upset ourselves. So one of the best ways to go into potentially difficult conversations, if you know this client might be upset or you know this client has a tendency to have strong opinions, is to center yourself first. And the first, uh, there are two ways I would recommend you do that. Number one, recall what you really enjoyed about the client and think about how do you want that client or that individual to feel coming out of the conversation. Very often we focus ourselves on how we might think differently or how we don't agree with their conclusions or might, how we might approach it differently, which puts us in a place of conflict and disagreement. Very, it's not natural for us to say, how do I want this person to feel coming out of this conversation? So that's number one, focus yourself on how you want the person to feel and that will put you in a place of empathy and caring and appreciation. And the second thing is to recognize not only are our clients struggling with a low level of disruption and chronic agitation, but so are we. And so it's important as we go from meeting to meeting to meeting or call to call to call or task to task to task, that we take a moment for ourselves so the wonderful thing about brain research now is we can actually see what happens in the brain with uh, neuroimaging. And what we know is the emotional centers of the brain is the, is the caveman brain. And it lights up automatically when emotional contagion happens, when somebody triggers us with their own emotion. And a great way to calm that down before you go into the next meeting and just to center yourself is to take a few moments of noticing your breath noticing the sensations around you. Everybody talks about deep breathing, and I will tell you neuropsychologically, this is 100% true. And it doesn't have to be obvious. You don't have to do a whole big yoga thing. You just take 30, 60 seconds to calm yourself. The key is to get out of the mind chatter of your head and focus on the breath and the bodily sensations because that literally shifts our brain out of that lizard brain into the calming areas of the brain. It calms the emotions down. Our body is so connected to our brain that when our body calms down, our brain calms down. So two tips initially would be, if you're 
approaching someone, a client or someone who might have a contentious conversation with you, focus on empathy and focus on how you want them to feel. And then as you go from call to meeting to meeting, give yourself even one or two minutes of just calming breath, calming sensing, sense, centering on how you're feeling and get out of the mind chatter of your brain. Barbara, as I hear you talk about difficult conversations, I'm guessing that you would tell me that difficult conversations have always been a part of the landscape. The question is, what's the source of the difficult conversation today? So do you ever ask uh, financial professionals to kind of maybe remember it, remember a different time when maybe they were charged up or they thought the world was going to end or whatever, and, and kind of think to themselves, how did I deal with it then? How did it turn out? How important is perspective to this topic of difficult conversations? Oh, I think it's hugely important. Uh, uh, focusing how you, on how you want the person to feel will help you f uh, move away from the fact that you may disagree with them. And then the second thing is to help people focus on something that they can agree on and have common experience with. And so one of the techniques I love is, um, first of all, listen with empathy, listen with facts and feelings, not just, uh, you know, for where you agree or disagree. And then uh, the technique I love to share is the, what I call the one at 100% technique. And what you do is as you're listening, thinking about how do I want this person to feel, not whether I agree or disagree, but how do I want this person to feel? And you listen carefully, think, find one thing, just even a little thing that you can agree with and then uh, join them by agreeing 100%. And you may not agree with their assumptions. You may not agree with their facts. You may not agree with much of anything, but if they're upset, you can certainly appreciate and acknowledge that, that the situation is very upsetting to them. And people tend to calm down when they get acknowledged, when they feel cared for, and when there's some place of agreement. And very often our brains automatically go to where we disagree. So if you can find the one thing you can agree with and agree with it with conviction, it'll go a long way in helping that other person calm down. And then yes, having that larger perspective because people are unfortunately, human beings have um, myopic-itis. We just focus on what's happening now and we really don't do a good job of remembering historical perspective. Uh, I had, uh, if I could, may I share an example? Please. So I had uh, one client who was going to a breath live breath breakfast event with a bunch of clients. And this client is in a, a state where there are some very um, different feelings uh, politically. And he knew he was going in and he was probably not on the same side of the political aisle. And he, in our session said, Barbara, what do I do? How do I approach these people? And I said, well, how do you want that? I just start out with, how do you want them to feel at the end of the conversation? Do you want them to feel um, like you've had a good argument or you've presented your viewpoint? And you go, no, I don't want them to feel that. I want them to feel honored and respected. I'm like, okay, great. And then how about you focus on the big picture, the things that everybody can agree with, a historical perspective or a long-term goal, just completely avoiding all of the pitfalls and minefield of the current situation. And then don't let yourself leak your own opinion. You know, it's very easy for us to sort of make an offhand comment or a sidebar comment, and then suddenly we've let our own political or uh, um, current event opinion show. And then 
then we're automatically triggering other people. So uh, we had that conversation, we strategize. And then the next time I chatted with him, I asked, how did it go? And he said, it went fantastic. I just went in calm, thinking about how I wanted them to feel. I stayed big picture on the big goals, brought in a lot of historical perspective and none of the conversation went side sideways. Nobody started talking about current events or politics and it was really, really productive. So I think, thank yes, John, I think that's a great tip and it works. Barbara, I know that you're coaching and working with financial professionals day in and day out. And I'm just trying to envision for those listening with us today, if they're going to employ a technique, say they have on their call list for today, that, that client that, that again, there, there isn't a lot of common ground per se, or they just know based upon historical conversations that the client is easily agitated or tends to overreact in the moment. What would the process be if they, if that financial professional, you know, before they pick up the phone in the, maybe the five or 10 minutes prior to that call, what, what would be in your mind, the Barbara K checklist of getting, getting that financial professional centered um, and, and going through that process before they reach over and pick up the phone and dial that client? Well, first of all, I would say, get up out of their chair. If they've been in their chair for a while, uh, they are probably needing to move because body movement really does help us uh, calm down. Go get a glass of water, a cup of tea, a cup of coffee. Uh, go do something to sort of refresh uh, yourself and, and take some deep breaths. So get yourself in a space where you're not hurried or agitated. And honestly, I know I'm repeating this, but really the neuropsychology is just some calming deep breaths will help you kind of get rid of that mind chatter and that agitation. Then, uh, like I said before, think about, you know, how do I want this person to feel? What do I appreciate about this person? What, what has been a relationship that I've really enjoyed rather than why and how they've aggravated me or irritated me? What have I appreciated about that person? And if you can go into the conversation kind of calm and personally centered and relaxed and then focused on how they have been a good client or what you've appreciated about them. And then if they go off on a rant <laughs> and, and you don't want to spend the whole conversation on a rant, it's great to listen with empathy. And there's a pivot point with the one at 100%. So you do the one at 100%, how they, the client can be, I can understand Mr. or Ms. Client, how this is very, very upsetting to you. It's been a very disrupted time period. People are very upset. I completely understand that. And then you never use the word but, never, ever, ever use the word but, never, ever, ever use the word but, because but just erases your agreement. And you instead focus on, I understand that this is very upsetting for you, Mr. or Ms. Client, and I completely agree that this is very upsetting. And I'd like to add a little bit of perspective. Let's think about, and there you can go into the historical perspective, you can go into all the great um, decisions that they've made, you can talk about the successes they've had, you can pivot to talk about, oh, I want to really wanted to ask you about your family and what's due and how are things and just try to gently pivot the conversation away from the hot topic by using and as a connector and drawing them in to start talking about other topics when people can get off the topic where they're kind of agitated and they can get to a pleasant topic that they enjoy, their body will just tend to calm down naturally. And I will say a very important tip at this point is the mo um, as they are agitated, 
their um, emotional brain is triggering your emotional brain. And so you might find yourself acknowledging and being empathic and doing the one at 100% and trying to pivot to a different conversation and might find the client is way back, right at square one. And, and I'm going to tell you, just start all over again and acknowledge and be empathic and do the 100%. You keep repeating and then you end and try to pivot them. And at this point, it's really important for the advisor to not get triggered because when people come at you hot, whether they're upset or agitated, it triggers our emotional brain. And so we can maybe do so well for a little while and then we find ourselves slipping. So continue to just be centered and caring for the person and sometimes you may have to re go around that repeat bucket button a number of times, repeat, repeat, repeat. And often eventually the person will calm down and be able to pivot to a more productive conversation. I think most of my clients are surprised by how long that tends to take. If somebody is really, really agitated, the brain cannot listen well, it's fired up on emotion. It literally cannot listen. And so until their brain calms down and the emotion calms down, their rational side of the brain won't wake up. So the tip that I would say today is center yourself, think about appreciation and empathy. Don't be surprised if you have to keep acknowledging for a while until you can gently pivot to something more productive because their brain is fired up on emotion and it takes a while for people to vent that out and they need to vent it out a little bit before they can pivot. And then hang on and really try hard not to get triggered yourself because that's when the conversation will go sideways. So Barbara, my question is, do you ever find that financial professionals say, hey, I like some of those ideas, but the idea of be doing this with a client first is kind of intimidating. Do you ever, are, are these principles applicable to relationships outside of the financial? Maybe for the for the safety of us all, you don't start with a spouse, but maybe a friend or, a, you know, uh, are, are there are there ways to practice these outside of, you know, when the lights come on and it's time to do business? Well, uh, actually, my other example was an inter-team situation where there were a team across of advisors across two uh, multiple states and the COVID situation and the politics were very different and people's viewpoint on the team about COVID protocols was very different. And so um, they were not in alignment on how do we do protocol, COVID protocols with our clients because the states were different and the team members were different. And so I talked to the team members about, okay, what is uh, our, your core goal as a um, team for your clients? What is that larger, bigger goal, that common thing we can all agree on? And everybody on the team agreed that clients come first and the needs of the client comes first. So we were able to pivot the team away from this protocol or that protocol, or I feel comfortable with this and you don't feel comfortable with that. And this client doesn't feel comfortable with that to focus on what are the needs of the clients and how as a team, we will always accommodate to the needs of the clients because that is our core value. And it kept people from arguing about the details and focusing on the agreement of the bigger picture. And that's a much better way to go forward. So yes, these, uh, these um, tips work with family, they work with friends, they work a lot on even inter-team disagreements. And we have lots of practice these days because there's a lot of hot topics out there. It never seems to end. More hot topics keep coming. 
Well, Barbara, while we're with you for the final minute or two, although I'm a glass half full kind of a gal, is there ever a moment where a conversation is just too escalated or an individual is just too emotionally charged where the best solution is to hit the pause button and agree to reconvene in a period of time? Yes. Uh, I kind of walk people through a number step process and I would invite anybody listening if they want to reach out to me, I'll be happy to send them details on the step-by-step. But after you've hit the repeat button on acknowledging and agreeing at 100% and trying to gently pivot with an and or an also, if they just keep trying to re-escalate or keep trying to distract, a great technique is called metacommunication. Metacommunication is a fancy psychology term to a about observing the conversation that's more than just the words, observing what's happening in the bigger picture. So at that point, you might say to the individual, wow, it just feels like we're kind of stuck. We're not getting very far. I really want to have a productive conversation and we don't seem to be doing that right now. I'm just wondering if we could take a pause and maybe pick this up at a later time. And that's a metacommunication technique where you're observing what's happening in the conversation beyond just the words and then using that observation to pivot and maybe suggest an alternative. And that works if people are so escalated that they can't move forward. And sometimes um, I've had to go around the record four, five, six times. (laughs) And I remember in my head thinking, if this doesn't resolve, I'm gonna have to pivot, metacommunicate and suggest an, an alternative time. But believe it or not, you may have to go around the repeat four or five or six times before someone calms down enough to be able to listen and engage in a productive conversation. So Barbara, it sounds like an ounce of patience, a little bit of preparation, and maybe expecting the unexpected would help us all. And uh, on behalf of Hartford Funds, Barbara, thanks for joining us today on the podcast. And we look forward to talking with you again on some future topics. For any financial professionals who would like to reach out to Barbara directly, please feel free to visit her website at barbarakcoaching.com, or you can email her directly at barbara at barbarakcoaching.com. Wonderful. Thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure. And I love talking to advisors. I do it all day, helping them with these naughty situations. And I'm delighted if anybody wants to reach out to me and I'll talk to them about their specific situation because the principles are great but it's much easier and better if they can be applied very specifically to the situation that an advisor has. So I welcome anybody reaching out and asking me. Glad to spend time with people. Thanks for listening to the Hartford Funds Human-Centric Investing Podcast. If you'd like to tune in for more episodes, don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, or YouTube. And if you'd like to be a guest and share your best ideas for transforming client relationships, email us at guestbooking at hartfordfunds.com. We'd love to hear from you. Talk to you soon.